switched on on F104 and I'm joined by the founder of Ebb and Flow Yoga, Maeve. Hello. Hi there. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for chatting to me. So I've been reading a lot about slow living recently, but what exactly does that term mean? Sure. Um, slow living, I think it's probably around a lot longer than we expect. Um, kind of like yourself, I came across this a few years ago. But slow living started with a slow food movement back in the 18th, in fact, in Italy, um, where one uh, guy, Carlo Petrini, um, he was a bit, I suppose, um, disappointed on how there was a disconnect between farm and growers and food with consumers. You know, supermarkets, fast food were coming in at that time. So he decided he would take a stand against it and organise a couple of almost like um, protest events and uh, you know at, at different um at different places and then i think in 1989 the slow food movement came about and they had a manifesto um all about you know kind of growing your own and less food waste seasonality local food and that's all going kind to of continued on and ticked away and there's a lot of com- countries around the world who signed up to it around then 15 in fact um and we'll probably take a little jump forward now into the mm-hmm. 2000s um, where a guy called Carl Honoré, and to me he's kind of like the, the grandfather or godfather of the, the slow living movement, he took some of these principles and he said, you know, how can I apply these to my life? Um, he found he was reading a bedtime story and he picked up a book that was the one minute bedtime story for his son. And he was like, how have I got to this point in my life where yeah. I've only got one minute to give my son to read a story? Mm-hmm. And he started to reevaluate what was important to him and where he wanted to spend his time and energy and then he started researching, kind of slowing down. He came across a slow food movement. And then he decided, OK, how do we take some of that to create a whole slow living philosophy? And that's sort of where it came about from. And it really means, it doesn't mean actually going the snail's pace. Mm-hmm. A lot of your listeners might be glad to know that. You don't have to stop doing everything and do nothing. It's about doing things at the right speed, at your right speed. And giving yourself the permission to go fast when you need to go fast. To go slow when you need to go slow but to not always be running at 100 miles an hour all year round, every day. How do you figure out where you sit on that? Because I think we're so used to living fast, I suppose for the want of a better Mm. word, that we kind of need to try and get, or we feel we need to try and get everything done right now Mm. at all. Like we have a list of things. I have friends who have Mm -hmm. lists and lists of things that need to be ticked off. Like how do we know where we sit on, on that level then? I suppose if your definition of fast is probably very different to mine and the next mm-hmm. person. So it really comes down to, I suppose, pausing and checking in with yourself. Only you can decide. So I heard a great phrase lately. Somebody said, um, I'm as busy as I want to be. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's fair enough. And I was thinking, Jesus, that looks far too busy for me. Fair <laughs> enough. That, that's, you know, that's for you. Yeah. So you sort of have to check in with yourself. Um, and a great way to start, you know, kind of on this journey and think, well, how would I even know? whether I'm, you know, how I feel about it, is to check in with your own values. Like, what's important to you? What, or what are the most important things to you in your life? And then assess. Um, I did a little exercise one day, and it was just drawing a simple circle on a page and dividing up a pie chart of the things that are important to me. So, you know, if it's friends, I have three dogs, mm-hmm. nature, family, work. And I allocated, in reality, how much time and energy I'm giving to those. And I decided that that feel balanced, that feel right for me or not. And at the time it didn't. So I was like, okay, I need to make some shifts and changes. And so that's a really kind of important way. And anything you read on slow living will say it's a value-led approach of deciding what's important to you um, and where do you want to spend your time and energy as a result. 
I love that because I actually, when I first read about it, I thought it was kind of about almost taking on more things, like taking on mindfulness, taking on yoga, kind of adding these things to it. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if I necessarily have time to add these things to it as well. So I was almost doing the opposite by trying to, you know, incorporate slow living. No, I think it's about as well. There's For me, slow living kind of morphed into more of a seasonal living approach. Yeah. And that makes really good sense to me because I'm from a rural Ireland farming background where my dad very naturally worked in seasons. So he has busy periods of the year, you know, when they're taking in hay, silage, feeding cattle over winter. These periods when it's quieter and he would adapt according to the daylight hours. You know, if he works less outside in winter. Of course, they have lighting as well, but that helps. But he tries to slow down at certain times. But then we come in and we live in, you know, we work in offices and we're expected to work at the same pace, whether it's January or it's July. And really that's not practical because nothing in nature grows all year. Nothing. There's fallow periods, there's decline, there's growth, there's nourishment periods. So I started to think, okay, how could I start to, I suppose, tweak my life in places to fit into something that felt more seasonal, that I wasn't always on the go. Um, so that to me is I think a good way of looking at slow living in that I don't do more in fact quite often I do less or try <laughs> I try to do less things when like um, at Christmas time yeah. I get really tired and burnt out you know I teach yoga so it's busy from September on mm-hmm. and I try and have a period where there's no classes over the winter I will try and um, front load right now I'm really busy so that I can unwind a little bit mm-hmm. and teach a little bit less through the dark times of winter mid-January is crazy again so I have to sort of recoup and try and do things in advance does that make sense absolutely so it's almost like and and planning in a different way Mm. but almost planning where you can afford to be a little busier and yet to allow yourself then to have time in in other areas completely and like once you start to become aware more aware of the season the easiest way to do it is look out your window Mm-hmm. spend a bit of time outside every day and absorb what's going on around you you know take a mindful walk even on your run even on your way to work in the car what's happening around you with the leaves are changing where's the light coming from what's happening you know if you do have animals how are they reacting to it or mm-hmm. you've outdoor animals um, and then start to say okay well how does it impact me if I'm feeling tired because it's autumn and it's getting darker how can I adjust that a little bit and it might be from the activities that you do so maybe you're not taking a really high-intensity gym class late in the evening when it's dark. Instead, you might be trying, I might be biased here, but a yoga class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and maybe you're doing your high-intensity stuff in the early morning when there's more daylight. So those little shifts will start to make a difference to your energy, to how you approach the calendar of the year. Um, and planning, you're dead right to take, I plan my year like a year in advance. I know when all of my time off is, I work for myself. I appreciate it. It's a total luxury. Um, but I do plan ahead. I put in events when I know I'll have energy. I do less when I know I won't. This is an ideal world. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't always pan out that way, but I try. Um, when it, when to, it comes to, to technology, should we be, mm-hmm. I suppose, we're always told we should be less using technology, get away from phones, get away from blue screens. Should we be, um, I suppose, bringing that into this plan as well then? For me, yes. Um I think, you know, we've all heard the blue light on screen, yeah. not having them on, you know, the two hours before bed, etc. So that's a good way of doing it. There's a brilliant book. Um, am I okay to mention a book or a suggestion? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cal Newport, um, Digital Minimalism. 
it'll really change the way you think about your technology usage, in particular social media and phones. Um, and it gives you kind of a, some top tips for how to juice your usage, but not to not to go complete Luddite and no usage, but actually to be very discerning about how you use it. Is that the best possible way for me to get that information or make that connection with somebody mm-hmm. or that network? And it made me think a lot. Um, it's easy to slip into habits um, and go back to the way you were, but it's almost like a little check-in. A friend of mine lately started using an app. Um, it's all about the circadian rhythm of the day. And that for her was helpful because she does spend a lot of time inside and she gets very absorbed in her work. Um, so it reminds her at certain times to go outside. It reminds her to do different things. So there can be a way of technology helping you in that instance. Um, for me, I find it's more of a hindrance, but for her it's really helped. And I have removed my smartwatch and got rid of it mm. about a year ago because I got really sick of it telling me to move. I got really <laughs> sick of it telling me whether, you know, I should know whether I've had enough sleep or not. Yes. I should know how that feels rather than defaulting to technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have found that actually going back to a, an old school analog watch has been the best thing for me. Um, and you can try these things, you know, try out a day or two without the, the smart um, smart watch or I see even people starting their smartwatch at the start of a yoga class, you know, to see how many, I guess, calories they burn. Mm-hmm. That makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just leave it behind. It doesn't matter. It's, it's you and how it feels in your body instead. Um, so for me, yeah, to answer your question, I think technology and just being a little bit more mindful about how we use it is a good idea. Um, and it can be as simple as I have dogs, I mentioned, and I try and go for, I have two younger dogs and they're quite energetic. And I try and leave the phone at home or in the car when I walk with them. I have an older dog. I take the phone with me because she's had a few injuries and sometimes I have to call to get help mm-hmm. to lift her home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she, she's okay. She's 13. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, can you leave it at home? Yeah. Can you can you put not even on airplane or just get rid of it? I've actually <laughs> thought of getting car. rid of my smartwatch as well because it does kind of annoy me when I'm like, oh, that felt yeah. like a good sleep. And then you look and it's like you had four hours sleep. It's like, okay, well, now I don't feel as good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's almost like... Um, self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. isn't it like someone once um, said to me that they don't use them at all because they're like why do I need to be told of the things I'm uh-huh. not doing and I was like oh, it's very true that's so true yeah like it's, it's, is it another another set of pressure yeah, like, like there's some days when I make ear in your in mm. your head like you don't need that because there's some days I might easily hit 15,000 steps yeah you know more and I know the 10,000 for everyone isn't that important but let's just say it is mm-hmm. but then there might be other days when I hit 3,000 and then I'm like oh now I feel bad yeah. <laughs> you know there's no need um, I, I sort of know whether I need exercise or not or how exactly. I'm feeling and actually you become more reliant on your own intuition mm-hmm. without it um, yeah I think. I think it's better anyway. too yeah agreed tell us about your retreat that you're putting on in October sure um, because of my interest in, in nature and um, I suppose I've one of my own values is um, helping people and then one of the others is legacy. So I try to, it sounds so cheesy, but I try to leave the world in a, a little bit of a better place than when I found it. Mm-hmm. That's sort of one of my own values. And um, so the events that I do, I try and help people reconnect with nature or even suggest things and ways they could do it. So a lot of the events I run have a nature theme to them. Um, and one of them coming up, as you kindly mentioned, is Wild Magic. It's a one-night mini-retreat in Trillian County Kerry in Ballygarry Estate and Spa. Ballygarry is a very beautiful place. It's a four-star hotel, but they have a really good sustainability ethos. Mm-hmm. And it's set inside in the woodlands, and they've rewilded a lot of acreage around the hotel as well. So um, I'm having a retreat there, and there'll be yoga, there'll be 
um, some outdoor mindfulness. So the, maybe a little bit of morning qigong. And a friend of mine, Sarah O'Neill of Danu Skincare, is a herbalist. Mm-hmm. So she's teaching herbalism workshop called Teas and Tinctures. So she's like a modern day green witch <laughs> where you can pick things from the hedgerows that are good for your body and good for your healing. And she'll teach us a little bit about that. And then you get pampered in the hotel as well. So you have use of the, the outdoor hot tubs and things. Fabulous. How can people <laughs> find out more about it? Mm, for sure. Um, on my own website, if it's okay to mention, it's www.ebflowyoga.ie. And I have an events tab for all my upcoming events and I have a retreat tab in there too for Wild Magic. Um, and you can find all the information there or indeed directly on baligari.com as well. Um, we both have the same information. So. Amazing. Yeah. May from Evan Flow Yoga, thank you so much for chatting to us. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me and best of luck with the lovely seasonal slow living.